Hello, welcome to another episode of Donder and Scoff. I'm Donder. And I'm Scoff. Okay, and this week's topic is what to do if you find yourself living with an angry person. Yeah, totally. Mm. Okay, so what are your thoughts on that topic, first of all? Well, my thoughts are that you need to establish what's a reasonable level of anger and what's not a reasonable level of anger first off the bat because there's reasonable anger and then there's unreasonable anger and then there's possibly something which is a little bit borderline which is likely to become worse so I think it's you have to tell yourself what your boundaries are for what you're willing to tolerate with regards to anger because everybody feels anger it's a normal emotion we need to have anger to motivate us for change because if, if if you're feeling angry, if somebody feels angry, it's it's it starts it can start off as being a healthy emotion, but it can quickly change to being an unhealthy and destructive emotion if it's expressed in the wrong way for too long. So I think with any anything, any relationship, I think it's helpful to notify and think about whether there's a, a pattern of behaviour that's developing. Say, for example, if you just moved in with somebody and then a partner, for example, or a flatmate, and then you notice this pattern of anger developing, it's best to look to see if when when is that happening? Why is it happening? How frequently is it happening? Because if if it's a pattern of behaviour, it's likely to continue into the future, and it's very it can be quite a difficult thing to treat as an anger problem. So you may well be stuck with that behaviour unless you decide to somehow extricate yourself from the scenario. That's what I was, that's my initial thoughts. What level of anger are we willing to tolerate is another big issue since some that. people have been brought up in angry households and so they, they approach perhaps the level of anger they're willing to tolerate in a different way. That's true. Um, and they may not mm-hmm. have the best handle on how to gauge uh, what level of anger they're going to accept in their relationship. That's I think that's exactly it. I think that's I think a lot of people, but not exclusively, but a lot of people who are angry were brought up in very in households where there was a lot of high expressed emotion and maybe they saw their parents and siblings argue and then make up and it just it was normalised in their head. So then when they're replaying that dynamic in the new household situation, it feels like in their heads it's normal, but everybody else is rolling their eyes going like, this is so not normal, I've never seen this type of behaviour before. Then you are looking at someone who has grown from childhood into adulthood with this expectation or this understanding of anger which is not uh, perhaps the help most helpful if they don't understand it and it can take ages and years to learn that in itself and and um, with especially if someone gets married early they might not have worked through that and understand what it is um, they don't have enough time perhaps and they've got married and gone into a situation which mimics perhaps an angry situation that they had in their when they're growing up. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think if somebody does with anger, it's probably, it will show itself pretty soon. There, of course, are people in your circle of friends that uh, possibly, you know, I'm talking about your wider circle of friends at school or yeah. university. Uh, that's probably when we have the widest circles of friends. And you would 
see it certainly in some of those kind of people that you're coming across with at university you were definitely going to come across people yeah. that had anger issues yeah. then um, yes yes in fact and, I can I was actually thinking of somebody today who had anger issues that I used to live with in fact he has for some reason I don't know whether it's because we were doing this podcast or not but his face came into my head massively somebody that I used to know a long ago who had major issues with his anger and it was it was really really ugly to see the the skill of being able to identify this almost would you say it's toxic this kind of anger oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah because it's disproportionate to the situation is what it is so yeah. for example this was quite scary I used to he he was my flatmate and for example if it was a case of like you haven't mopped the floor when you said you were going to it would be a case of completely going off the deep end with his responses and just not being necessarily angry but being quite manipulative in a way that would be almost passive aggressive manipulation of what they would say like how could you do that or words to that effect that were quite cutting which were almost angry a disguised anger in their comments but I think yeah it's you feel the emotion inside when somebody speaks to you like that and it really is I'm quite deeply affected by things and I Mm -hmm. I, I'm quite empathic to tone and I I can tell when the when the tone's off you know yourself and your intuition if if there's a feel if it feels wrong it probably is wrong that's exactly right it's um when something feels wrong to you then to um pay attention because um I do think most of us are quite sensitive when it comes to other people uh well shouting abuse or or something that we don't like I think most of us will react fairly badly to that but um we'll come around Uh to that because obviously people stay in that situation but um, you, you mentioned the triggers that set a person off that you are living with, that it just happened. Something, you said something um, small there that triggered anger. Yeah. And it's identifying those triggers and knowing what they are. And that's coming into when you're living with someone, it's either in your family, something triggers them and they're off on a tangent and it becomes irrational very quickly. And uh-huh. it's very hard for you to stay as a normal person and talk to someone who's as irrational as that. You can't even say, I don't like the way that you reacted. You can't say, I don't think that's fair. You're talking to an irrational individual and and uh, there's no uh, being rational. Every human being that's in this kind of uh, situation wants to rationalise themselves out of it, but you cannot do that. No, you're stuck. It's like a game of chess where it's a stalemate. That person's trying to push through you, you're trying to push through them. It's like Mexican standoff. It can become, of course, uh, violent um, at that stage, which is something uh, that none of us want in our relationships. And yet people will stay in a relationship with someone because, well, maybe there's a marriage, uh, children, uh, things like that, keeping them there, money and they they can't yep. just yep. leave easily uh it would involve too many you know it's too much upheaval to leave behavior that is let go and then the person sees oh, i wasn't thrown out for that i can do it again um but they will be very charming usually after the incident um oh yeah they might say sorry and also they might not a lot of the time they blame 
the other person for the anger, saying you started that or like you provoked that or you said that, as if to say that they were the one that started it. That's very common. That's right, to put the blame on the other person and make them feel as if it's their fault. Oh, all the time, yeah. It's a form of gaslighting, isn't it? To make the other person feel yep. that it's, everything's their fault. And um, yep. when someone's in this situation, when do they leave? If you went to your GP about it, a healthcare professional might, might come out with a party line, like the minute they hit you, that's the time to leave. Or try to get advice from a family member or other people, they'd be like, well, that's... And while that is true, mm-hmm. and I, I take that, I think there's a time to leave even with severe verbal abuse as well. Yeah. And the question of when's a good time to leave, I think the person probably knows themselves when it's a good time to leave. But from pra- in practical terms, yeah. it may be much more difficult. But um, it just depends on the, the support that they've got around themselves, really, and, and physical danger, but you're also in danger to your mental health, kind of slipping down if somebody continues to verbal abuse, verbally abuse you. And indeed, yes. if, if the per- person's verbally abusing you, you are at risk of escalating physical abuse even if it hasn't happened. Because there's cases of people that I've heard of, of people who maybe have been severely verbally abused for years and their partners, their, their wives, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, whatever, have never actually hit them but it can be years down the line when that starts and it's much more likely to happen in situations where there's severe emotional or psychological abuse going on or or indeed other forms of abuse which are lesser known like religious abuse or financial abuse well yes i think it's very much dependent on the person's situation as you say so um when they yeah decide to leave and well i do i do think that there's something to be said for financial independence and knowing that you can support yourself if you were to leave this individual. That's important. That might stop somebody from leaving. And so they're stuck in this circle of um, irrational behavior and they can't get out. And um, like you say, the first thing is uh, as soon as the first hit, then you leave. Um, it might not be as easy for all people when that happens. It may not happen all that often. Maybe that person hits once. Maybe it takes them another 10 years before they do it again. But the chances are they will do it again. Oh. You know, how to know when to leave. I think support is massive. I think your friendships, who you're talking to, the advice you're getting. Um, That's true. I also think... Um, there are so many uh, helpful podcasts and things like that out there now. There's so much more information yeah. for people to listen to if they're really stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, um, if you see those triggers, you've got to be on hyper vigilance um, if you're living with someone with anger issues. Yeah. And that's hard to live life after that because you're you're constantly wondering if today is going to be the day when someone makes life pretty much like hell yeah and so you're kind of hoping living one day to the next and then and you think life's okay the the shit hits the fan and we're right back into that situation again and yeah the person is dragging the other person into their world of fire and it's just 
unfair that it's allowed to happen. And what do you think about um, the gender issue? Like anger in females and anger in men? Well, I think it's well documented that men are more likely to be incarcerated for violence against women. That is true. And there, I believe there's more reported instances of men being violent against women. I think the reason for that is because testosterone makes you more aggressive. So I think as a species, males are, the male humans are more aggressive than the females. I believe that, actually. I've read that so I think you. men are more likely to be perpetrating aggression against women just because of the nature of the hormonal influences in their true. brain. Absolutely, I believe that. I strongly believe that is the case because if you if you actually, yeah, if you look at the research, I believe it's it is the case that men are more aggressive than women. Actually, however, there are women out there who are extremely aggressive and dangerous and violent. So I think yes. it can cut both ways. I think it's dangerous to stereotype all men as being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or dangerous to stereotype women as not being aggressive so you, you mm. have to be quite careful in some of the assumptions that you make yes. uh, but yeah, yeah that would be what I would say what about yes. you? Yes I agree on testosterone levels being a slight issue there I mean I know coming from sport that uh, men have higher testosterone levels and also uh, are physically going a lot faster and um, harder That's than women true. Um, that's true so Mm -hmm. they have a lot more energy uh, to expend as well Um, yeah but as you say it's not obviously all meant for any man in a situation where there's a violent woman even maybe even more difficult for him because it's he can't it's hard for him to say speak to people about it yeah, I think it's quite stigmatised, isn't it? It's very, I mean, it's, it's badly stigmatised against the women, but I think it's worse for men. Then it becomes hard to get support. People in these situations, um, what should they do? Because obviously the angry person has got many issues. They're not really able to solve problems. Um, they're perhaps yeah, okay. unable to cope with emotional distress themselves. They have a little bit of turmoil. And uh, so conflict management becomes next to impossible. This is not a problem which is easy to fix, okay? If it's it's a a partner or friend or flatmate is experiencing severe anger issues, it's not going to be a case of like, let's put them down for an anger management course and they're going to be okay. You know, it really isn't going to, it's very, very unlikely that that is going to be any quick and easy solution that a therapist can sit them down and sort them out it's just not it's just unlikely to happen it might be that they, they can be motivated to help in small ways but if it's a severe anger problem you know that's going to take a lot of motivation to fix and I think it's helpful if somebody can actually realize that they've got an anger problem I suppose because it's bad for them to have an anger problem but I think you need to have reasonable expectations that this may not change it may well not change and, and, and you, you either have to th- think to yourself, I'm going to have to live with this or I'm going to have to leave. It's yeah. that stark. What do you think? Yes, I agree. These angry people are unlikely to be able to solve relationship problems in a rational way and uh, just yeah, their right. own 
emotional distress and so um they often don't want to go and seek help either like you said just put them on an anger management they're not going to go these are the people that should no. be re- reading the chimp paradox and all these books to help us uh manage ourselves a little better they're not going to do it uh easily so what to do um sometimes you can't leave then you're stuck in this yeah you really are you just tread on eggshells and and hope it doesn't happen today um you go and get help um but as you say um a therapist helping the one that's rational can only do so much yeah Um, and i think sometimes some of the people that get embroiled in these relationships they focus on the the person who's got the problem and how to help them rather than focusing on hang on a minute what are my needs in this situation and how am I being affected and actually I might be the one that needs to help more than they do because sometimes the person who's who's being the angry man or the angry woman is 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 blissfully unaware and they don't think it's a problem in their life and maybe it's not even affecting them that much yeah they've just got this attitude towards other people and another thing is it's probably affecting many of the relationships at work and with other friendships as well you might not realize it but you know it it can be detrimental to other relationships as well as the one that you're in yourself you the person won't be the only person who's going to be affected that anger is what i'm seeing that's exactly right and it's very easy to think that when you're in the family with an angry person that it's only you that's um well you are the closest person and you're probably the only one on the receiving end of of this anger and chances that the angry person is also affecting their friendships is is, is very likely uh so they're mm-hmm. uh, absolutely and, and, yeah. and they will probably do everything to tell you that it's only you and that all other friendships oh. are absolutely fine yeah. yeah that's a good point i love that point yeah it's like you know, like nobody else was, I was not like this in any of my other relationships or friendships and like you're the only person that makes me feel like this and you're thinking, hang on a minute, all my friendships have been fine and all my relationships have been fine and it's like I'm getting blamed for this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then it leaves the, the person on the receiving end of the anger feeling even worse about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's actually building up your confidence as much as you can. There are support um, places like women's shelters for people who are of course. in trouble. So they can actually leave. Absolutely. I mean, that's an option people always would have to explore if they felt that things were getting to the level where their mental or physical health was in danger. Yeah. Or, or indeed to others in the family, yeah. you know, with their offspring, others. Yes. or people, other household or, or elderly relatives that were perhaps living with them who were yeah. perhaps targeted in some way yeah. of this anger mm-hmm. because yeah. often that can be the case can't yes. it? Yes because they will target vulnerable people that's 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 their MO I think actually Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes exactly for them uh-huh. um, yeah. so yes it, it is at least something to know that people can leave and get into a at least into yeah. a safe, safe situation yeah if they absolutely need to. you're never trapped in that situation never are you trapped no yes there's and solutions it, out there to get out of it and it may take all the energy and the strength you can muster but 
that's what you must do in the yeah very difficult decisions yeah. for for the person to be able to do to get to that level where they're cutting that relationship off yes exactly so it's it's no easy task but and the other thing is that the person will make it as difficult as possible as well so that you know you've really um got your work cut out but you can do it and i i know that it's possible yeah of course and you can do it yeah i mean i've I've met quite a lot of people who've, who've managed to get out of difficult relationships yeah you know particularly with people who were angry in their lives mm-hmm. both men and women I've, I've known and some of them are still in it actually you know uh, yes exactly if you know someone in this problem is uh, listen and support yeah I would agree mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I would agree I, I spoke to somebody the other day who it was a man actually who t- told me that they were in a situation with a woman where it was domestic abuse I would say more of it than you'd think Exactly, exactly. Um, and so, so and talk to that person in a positive way and mm-hmm. um, build their confidence. And yes, I, I think listen to them because if they're in a space where they're thinking about uh, leaving, then you know, support what they're saying because it's very hard for mm-hmm. you as the friend to say, Oh, you need to get out of that because that's not always just going to be easy to do mm-hmm. so it's important when you're a friend of people in this situation to be as supportive and positive as you can I agree yeah that's a big big help to have a listening ear because a lot of people feel too ashamed to speak up that's another thing exactly um, people don't want to um, because they feel ashamed yeah yeah, so. yeah. So it's nice to have somebody who's in a non-judgmental ear that's mm-hmm. it exactly mm-hmm. um, so on that note it's goodbye from Donder okay and it's goodbye from Scoff. Mm-hmm.